Welcome to Feed My Ship by Devotional Light Church. We are so excited that you took the time to join us today to feed on God's Word and to enrich your spirit. We know that your life will never be the same again. Join us now for a life-changing experience with Apostle Emmanuel J. church they are coming they have come they will come against the church other than that jesus will not make such a statement by that statement he was declaring he was declaring and declaring and decreeing that he will build the church even though they've come against him the church look how he put it say shall not prevail against it it means they've come against the church or they'll come against but they will not succeed so Satan is against the church. There are a lot of false doctrine against the church. Out there, I thank God for Jesus the answer campaign all the time. I've been there that Christians have accused me for using the word church. You see, because they, they, they don't know. They lack it. Yeah, I'm telling you. Amen. I've heard people say the word church was introduced. We don't have a church. And, and I'm talking about Christians. Amen. And all is doctrine of Satan working through Christians, and Christians are not aware of it. Amen. Today I'm preaching about the last words of the master. Amen. And of course, the master is Jesus. Amen. Read for me Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. Yes, Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. Cor Just Colossians. Yeah, Colo. Who now rejoice in my suffering for you, uh -huh. and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for mm -hmm. his body's sake, mm -hmm. which is in the church. Amen. Said, I'm suffering in my flesh. For the sake of Christ. And say that Christ is what? The church. So Jesus Christ is the church. When you take the church away, you are taking Jesus Christ away. Jesus Christ is the church. You see, the church is also a fellowship. It's not only a fellowship, because the church is bigger than a fellowship. So it's also a fellowship. But a fellowship is not necessarily a church. I can fellowship with other pastors, other Christians, but it doesn't mean it is a church. The church is the body of Christ Jesus. This is the building of the church. We call it the temple. We call it the house of God. But we are the church. Read for me 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. I know I said, or you read, that Jesus is the body of what? The church, which is true. Amen. And I said, this is the house of God. Amen. This is the temple of God, the holy place. Amen. But me and you are 
the church. Read First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 for me. I'm talking about the last words of the master, but before I start to look at it, I want you to understand this. Amen. Praise First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. First Corinthians mm-hmm. 12, 27. Uh-huh. Now you are, the, you are the body of Christ and members in particular. Amen. Amen. So this say, first Corinthians say, now we are the body of what? Christ. And the body of Christ is what? The church. Do we get it? So we are the church. Me and you and her, he are the church. And we are the body of Christ. Me alone, the Bible says, I am a temple of God. You are a temple of God. But we come when we come together, we are the church. The meaning of the church is the body of Christ. That is why he went on to say, and we are spe- specific members. So you alone, you are not a church. You alone, you can't be a church. You are not a church as a person. So those who say, I fellowship by myself, in my heart, the church is my heart. It is false. The church is the body of Christ. You are a temple of God. But when we come together as individual bodies of Christ, we become what? A church, which is the body of Christ. So if you're a Christian and you are not part of a church, you don't belong to a church, then you are not part of the body of Christ. It's that simple. And it's very dangerous. And I'm not talking about visiting a church. I'm talking about being part. Because a body, a part of a body is not temporary. This my eyes is not temporary. This my hand is not temporary. Isn't it? It's permanent. The Bible says, they that are planted. They that are planted. But my point is, there's a deception about the church. It's false. I've even been see people and say, why do you call why do you call yourself names? Why can't you say Church of Christ? Say, no. It's a body. Everybody has a name. Everybody has a name. I've been with someone who said, I'm a master of teaching. And he said, a church shouldn't have a name. I said, So how come Jesus addressed churches by their names in Revelation? The church of Ephesus. We human beings, we can't do anything with our name. Oh, we can't do anything with our name. Because we are, we are compared to God. We are limited. We need to label everything. Amen. When you look at the 12 tribes of Israel, which is a type of a church, every tribe had their banner. Every tribe had their banner, specialization, grace. And, and every tribe was different. It is the church. So no church is the same. Because God didn't create us what? The same. We all have different agendas and tasks to fulfill. And this is what hate most, this is what many people hate and envy about Christians. And we don't even realize, you see, we, are, we have liberty to serve the Lord. You understand? We are like a garden full of different flowers. You see the roses, the hibiscus flowers. God didn't, you see, and this, this thing, many religions hate this about us. 
We are free to wear anything as long as it's decent. We all don't have to wear the same thing. And he intentionally made so it's the same way. If we human beings, we are individuals, we have different cultures, God also allowed the churches to be that. There was a tribe, which is a church, that only the kings comes from. There were some that were what skilled at artisan. God made all the same. There were some that were only what sh- uh, shepherds. God made them all what the same. But my point here is, the church is real. Nothing can replace the church. The church is not an organization. It is not a community. The church is the body of Christ. It is a member. It is a family. It is something real. Praise the Lord Jesus. And listen, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 29. It is the church that Christ is nourishing. I'm not talking about the building or the temple or the house of God dedicated, but the people who bought and took and possessed that temple, that building for God and dedicated it to God, they are the church. So you see that it is the church that Christ is nourishing, otherwise feeding, in other words, taking care of. He's not taking care of the world, of clubs. It is the church that he is taking care of. Ephesians 5 verse 29. Amen. So if you are not part of that church, based on this scripture, you are not being nourished by Christ. Because as members of the body, when I eat, it is the body that is fed. Things outside my body are not being what? Fed. Read it for me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 29. Uh-huh. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, mm-hmm. but nourisheth and cherishes it, even as the Lord the church. Amen. Amen. As the Lord the church, as Christ what? Nourishes and cherishes what? The church. So what Christ cherishes and nourishes is not the world. It is the church. So you can't be a Christian and not be part of a church. You fall into the doctrine of demons. It means you are not being what? Cherished and you are not being what? Nourished. When Jesus was going, before he was going, his last prayer, he prayed. He said, Father, this I pray for your people, the Christians, your sheep. And he said, this I pray for the world, not for them, for the world. So he knows his church and he knows the world. He's not responsible for the world, though he came for the world, but he's responsible for his church. And as I said, let's read it. Mighty 16 verse 18. It is his church that he is building. He's not building our communities. He's not building our farms. He's not building our nation. He is building his church. Because when he's able to build his church, which is us, we have enough powers to change our community, to change our nation, to build the nation as it's supposed. So he said, I will build my church. He didn't say, I will build my country. His church. Read it for me, please. Matthew 16, verse 18. Mm -hmm. And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gate of of hell shall not prevail against me. Amen. Amen. So it is his church that he's building. But guess what? 
The church is not the building, the temple. We are the church. So if you are part of it, his interest in you. Because if you, Brother Aki, if right now you have one million as a Christian, you can set up a community fund to help the homeless. Isn't it? If you are now, you possess his power. You can go there and heal the sick and people will believe in his reality. So it is his church that he's building. When you read the Bible, the Bible says the church is the pillar of truth. Everything he does and will do is through the church, by the church. I'm just saying this to say, so what we are doing here is a great thing. What we are doing here, nothing can replace this. No hospital can replace this. Because a hospital is a hospital. No school can do that which we do. What we do here, schools don't do it. Here, when you say, uh, I saw, when I was praying, I saw an angel. And the angel touched me. We say, praise the Lord. We give God the glory, isn't it? When we go and say the same thing at hospital, we say, you know what? You need a psychiatrist, isn't it? Uh-huh. So, the, a church is a church. It is nothing but a church. And all I want to say that this is what Jesus is building. This is what he's interested in. Amen. And guess what? Revelation says, he, let's read Revelation. Revelation says he walks among the church. He walks in the church among us. He doesn't walk anywhere. Revelation chapter 1 verse 20. Amen. Read to the 1 verse 20, but read to the 2.1. It's the 2.1 that I Sorry. Chapter 2, verse 1 that I want, but for understanding's sake, start from the 1, verse 20. Hallelujah. Amen. Revelation chapter 1, verse 20. Yeah. My misery of seven stars, uh-huh. which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. Mm-hmm. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks, which thou sawest, are the seven churches. Uh-huh. Verse 2. Mm-hmm. Unto the angel of the church of Ephes- Ephesus write, these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the middle of seven golden candlesticks. The Bible said the seven golden sta- candlesticks stand for what? The churches. And it said he walks what? In the middle of the churches. Not in the world. He, he sent us to go into the world, but he walked in our midst. And Satan knows that. So now Satan has made we overlook and underestimate the church. And you hear people saying, why is that the church is not, uh, uh, is not involved in the homeless? There's nothing wrong, you understand. But that is not our job. Of course we can do that. But our job is to preach the gospel. You, you understand? So when we look after the homeless and we stop preaching the gospel, who will preach the gospel? Don't get me wrong. It, there's nothing wrong with that. But first of all, your responsibility first. The Bible says if you are not able to take care of your own household, you are worse than an unbeliever. So you take care of your own household first. Your responsibility first. Your duty first. Praise the Lord Jesus. He works in our midst, not in the world. He sends us, he empowers us to go into the world. So if you are going to find Jesus, it's in the church. Not outside the church. 
if Jesus is going to nourish you, it's in the church. And the church is a real body. You have to be part of it. And a body, a body grows. A body grows. When you, because it's a real body. This is how we say now we are the body. When you give birth to a child, the child begins to what? Grow. The child has a full body, but not able even to stand. With time, the child is able to stand. Not able to crawl. With time, the child begins to crawl. It's so with the church. So he gives birth to the church on the cross. When they pierce his side, that was when the church was born. That was when the church was born. Amen. So the church is his body. Amen. So I'm just saying this to say that nothing can replace the body. But the good news is you are the church. So when Jesus said he nourishes the church, you are the people he's nourishing. Amen. When Jesus said he walk among his church, you, unless you are not part of the church. Amen. Maybe you are the eye, I am the ears. Someone is the feet. Because we are particular what? Members. And any part of your body a small thing. Okay, brother, let me just cut off your thumb. It's very small. Let me, let me cut it off. Eh? Oh, it's just small. You still have nine fingers. You see? You see? That is how precious everybody in the church is. Because you don't allow me to cut your thumb. So everybody in the church, that is how precious the person is. But you can be precious, but do you know you are, do you do you know it yourself? It's another thing to know it yourself. Amen. Someone give the Lord a clap offering. I said all this thing to let you get the understanding that the church is real. Amen. It is real. Amen. It is real. Amen. It is real. Amen. But when this master, Christ Jesus, he spoke his last words. Amen. And it is not a coincidence. Because the Bible says everything that was written down was written down to teach you. So it's not a coincidence. His last words he spoke in the Bible was to his church. Was to his church. And guess what? This is after he has died and resurrected. Before he died, anything he spoke about his church, like say, I shall build, I will build my church. The church hasn't come. But after his death, the church was born. So now he spoke to his church. And his last words in Revelation 1, 2, 3, he spoke to his church. He didn't even speak to the world. His church. Why? Because it is his church he's building. Because it is his church he walk among. Because his, his church is his heart. His church is his body. Amen. And last week we look at it. But today we are looking at it. Amen. But last week when we look at it, we saw that he said a lot of things. But all the things that he said, you can summarize it into three groups. Amen. Into what? Into what? Three groups. The first group, you could see that 
anything, the only thing he demanded from them was repentance. The only thing he demanded from his church was repentance. Amen. Was what? Repentance. And the second thing he did, or he spoke to them, he spoke regarding their works. And the third thing was he spoke regarding a reward for them. So I just want to talk briefly about just these three things that will bring the teaching to an end. Because if these are the last words of Jesus to us, then it is very important. There's a saying that says that the last words of a dying man is very important. Amen. For example, let's look at repentance first. He spoke to his churches, seven churches. The number seven stands for completion. Last week, I explained the prophetic side of these seven churches, seven candles, and all those things. Amen. And he spoke, read it for me, Revelation chapter 2, verse 5. Amen. And each church, or almost all the churches, or five out of this church, he tells them this word. Revelation 2, verse 5. Hallelujah. Amen. Revelation 2, verse 5. Uh, uh-huh. Remember, therefore, from hence thou art fallen, and repent. And amen. Do, and, do, amen. and repent. Okay. He was speaking to his church. He's speaking to us today. Okay, jump to the 16. I just want to show something quickly. No, 2 verse, two verse 5, 2 16. 16? Yeah. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly. I will fight against them with a sword of Hold on. Mouth. Repent. Jump unto 21. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication. Okay, jump to twenty. Okay, to the twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Behold, I I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, mm-hmm. except they repent of their deeds. Okay, three verse three. Amen. So you, you so far you can see that all that he said to all the churches was repent. So remember three, three verse three. Uh-huh. Remember therefore how thou hast received. Mm-hmm. And hurt and hold fast and repent. 3 verse 19. 19. Mm-hmm. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Amen. When Christ Jesus, his last words to his church, and he mentioned repent to five out of the seven churches, that means. As a church, it is very important if you are here as a church or part of this church and you don't have a repetitive heart or mind, you are in danger. And also as a church, if we won't have a repetitive heart and mind and attitude, we will be in danger. And the word repent there is matanoi. Amen. It, it simply means change us one mind in purpose. Repent means change. Repent is not something we confess. It's a change of mind about something. Praise the Lord Jesus. So when I say I repent, means Whatever I say I repent, I have changed my mind regarding it. 
And whenever you see the word repent in the Bible, it's saying, change your mind regarding that to what he has said in his word. word. So, for example, if I always walk straight and Christ says, repent from walking straight, then he's telling that I should change my mind from walking straight. So now I shouldn't walk what? Straight again. I must walk what? Zigzag. So each time you hear the word of God, or we hear the word of God as a church, and that is not that which we do. It doesn't matter the justification we give. It doesn't matter the circumstance. If we don't repent, if we don't change our mind regarding it, we are in danger. Bible said the greatest man who has ever, I didn't say that, Jesus said it. He said the greatest prophet who has ever lived on earth was John the Baptist. And what did John the Baptist do? All he did was preach, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That is all he did. And Jesus said he is the greatest. He didn't work miracle. He was a prophet. He didn't perform miracle. But the Bible said he was the greatest. Matter of fact, Jesus said, no one has been, no, before him, no one will come greater than John the Baptist. And what did he do? His message was only one. Repent. Let's read it. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 to 2. Amen. So, we, if we don't want to fail as a church, we must have a repentative attitude, a repentative mind, and a repentative heart. Meaning, whenever we see that we've gone wrong in any way, in regards to the word of God, we must quickly change our mind. Whether being doctrine, the way we do things, what we believe. Other than that, we will perish. Because the last one, the 3 verse 19 said, he said to them, repentance twice, the 3 verse 21 to 22. He said, other than that. Amen. Read it the mighty for me. Matthew verse 3 verse 1 to 2. two. Uh-huh. In those days, mm-hmm. came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Mm-hmm. And saying, Repent, yea, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. Amen. That's all he prayed. He, and his first sermon was repentance. And Jesus Christ himself, his first sermon was repentance. The same Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. When Jesus started pray, uh, preaching, his first preaching was repent. And after he's gone and the church is born, his, la- his first word to us, or his last word to us, is repent. Read it for me, Matthew 4, 17, please. Matthew 4, 17. Uh-huh. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. Amen. So all the miracles, all everything that Jesus did, all the healing, all the, it's just for us to repent. To have a change of mind regarding a purpose in line with the word of God. That is repentance. Because as for me, as for me, when you do me wrong, I won't forgive you. I will do you that same wrong. You see, but Jesus said, forgive and you shall be forgiven. So it doesn't matter whether I'm right or wrong. I have to have that change of mind of purpose regarding unforgiveness and just decide to forgive. That is repentance. You don't confess repentance. Repentance is what you do. Church, this is serious. Because each time that you come here, 
God expects that whatever word we hear, if we are loggerheads with the word, we will have a change of mind and heart, which is what? Repentance. So John the Baptist before Christ, because John the Baptist signify the end of the old covenant before Christ and the beginning, the coming beginning of the new covenant. John the Baptist, Bible says it is Elisha coming forth again. He was a special person. He was, he, he was brought for a specific purpose. Bible says to go before Jesus. And all he did was say what? Repent. And the last words of our master is we have to have a repentative heart. All this thing, this everything is about heaven. It's about heaven. And with that repentative heart, you might not make it to heaven. Someone give the Lord a clap offering. So I'm saying God has dealt well with us as a church. If we are going to be that which God has ordained to us, and that which God has destined us to be, we must have a repentative heart. It must be easier for us to repent. In other words, it must be easier for us to change our mind of purpose in line with the word of God. It should be easy. That is the only way. That is what? The only what? Way. Praise the Lord Jesus. And the second thing he spoke to all the churches is about their works. Amen. Many people have made a mess of this. Amen. Of course, we don't have to obey the works of the law anymore. But the Bible says we have works of faith. Matter of fact, when you read James, James is clear. He says, faith without works is no what? Faith. He said, show me your faith without works. And I will show you that you have what? No faith. But by my faith, I will show you what? Works. Praise the Lord Jesus. And look at something. Please read it for me. Revelation chapter 2 verse 2. One thing Jesus said to all the churches. says, I know thy works. So as a church, he knows our works. As a part of this church, he knows your works. Read it for me. Revelation 2 verse 2. Yeah. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience. Amen. 2 verse 9. I know thy works and thy tribulation and Amen. poverty. Amen. 2 verse 13. I know thy works and where thou dwellest. Amen. 2 verse 19. I know thy works and charity and service. Amen. 3 verse 1. All the churches, the first thing says, I know your works. 3 verse 1, please. And unto the angels of the church is Sadis right. These things said he that had the seven spirit of God and the seven stars. I know thy works. Amen. 3 verse 8. I know thy works. Behold. Amen. 3 verse 14. And unto the angels of the church of Lydians write, These things said the Amen and the faithful true. Amen. Oh, sorry. Go on. I want to hear. Faithful thy witness, work. the beginning of the creation of God. Mm-hmm. 15. I know thy works. Amen. Amen. The first thing he addressed to all the churches is, 
I know thy works. So if we are going to be concerned about something about our church as Christian, our works. The word work there is egon, which means task, which means actions. Amen. And Christians, Christianity comes with task. It comes with action. Faith comes with works, with what? Action. And you could see clearly, this is Jesus. He said, I know your works, your actions, your task as a church, as a body of Christ, as a part of the body of Christ. So please listen. So if we are going to worry about anything as a church or as a Christian, we must be worried about our works. Our works. Because that is the only thing that Jesus knew. That is the only thing that he sees. Your works, what you do as a Christian because of Christ. What you do not do as a Christian because of Christ. What you do as a church because of Christ. Because of the church. That is your works. What you do in your secular work is not your works. What you do in your marriage is not your works. But what you do regarding him, his church, his word, that is your works. Because the other said the word there is task. Task is given. Task is what? Assign. And church, guess what? The Bible says when you die, you won't go with anything. The Bible says everything, this body, will go. But I say only your works will follow you. Revelation 14, verse 13. It says, only your works will follow you. So when I die, my preaching will not follow me. But the works, the souls, the faithfulness to Christ, that is what will follow me. The interceding, the honesty, the things I suffered because of Christ, the things I sacrificed because of Christ, my building will not follow me. The lady who started Pentecost Church, Pentecost is nationwide, is dead, long gone. But the buildings are there, they didn't follow him. Oh, amen. Read it for me. Revelation 4, verse 13. 13. Mm-hmm. So I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, said the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. Their works do follow them. Church, the Bible says you must have good works. Good works is not what you, t- you teach. Because Bible say, what is good? It matter of the Bible say, want you if all men say good of you. So what is only good is what you do because of Christ and what you don't do because of Christ. Church, when Jesus come as a church, as a body, and as a church, as an individual, it is your works, that is the only thing he sees. Amen. So let's have works. Let you see this is subject because the enemy has made us think that we don't need it. Works is your tax as a Christian, as a church, as a member of a church. There's no membership without responsibility. 
Am I lying? Show me any membership without responsibility. No, I want to see any form of membership without responsibility. There's no membership anywhere without responsibility. This is one membership that is very common. Is you hear club, club. A few group people, they form a club and they give it a name. Amen. But it comes with clear responsibility. It comes with duties. It comes with the don't and the do's. That is the only thing that will follow us. This church there, it will grow. Amen. It will be bigger. Amen. It will be prosperous. Amen. But we must have works because that is what will follow us. Christ must not be able to say repent. He must rather say to us, continue in the works. He said it. A church, out of the seven churches, last week we saw it. Two of the churches, he was pleased with them. He didn't say repent. He said continue. So it's possible. Because it's simply obedient. But we'll be as a church, as a body, and as a church, as what? An individual. Because when you read the Revelation 2, 3, and 1, at the end, then you say, the, he who overcomes. So he addressed them as one church, but as also individual members of a church. Because on that, the Bible says, we will account for our own selves. Everyone will account. Bible says on that day, they might take husband and leave a wife. Because it is on individual what? Basis. But you will have good works. Amen. Because of this teaching, you will have good works. Amen. You will understand that that is what will follow you. All I'm saying is that let's continue with the good works. Let's continue with the good works. This is where you say amen. Because that is the only thing that will follow you. You see, my, my, I, can be, I can be a very sweet husband by saying yes to my wife on everything. But when I die, that will not follow me. Because that is not the works of Christ. Your works as a Christian, that will follow you. Amen. So you will have good works. You will have good works. And the last group, you could see that out of all the seven churches, each one of them, he mentions a reward. He mentions a reward. He says, the one who will be able to, I'll give him so, so, and so. There's one reward I'm really interested because I don't understand. He say, I'll give you nations. Amen. And that's why he said, I'll give you a white stone with name that no one knows what written in it. We, all, we don't know what it is. It doesn't matter. Ten years ago, if they were telling you about touch screen, you wouldn't know what it was, isn't it? Or if they were even telling you about WhatsApp, a message that you can just click and it will, 100 people can receive it at a time, you wouldn't know what it is. Amen. But it was real. Let's look at the rewards. Because when you read Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, it says anyone who comes to God, amen, must believe that God is a rewarder. So we must always remind ourselves, why do you think your works follow you? To, for you to receive reward. For your works, your task. Because when you finish the task, 
you are rewarded. Amen. And the reward is twofold on earth and in eternity. Read the Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. Hebrews 11 verse 6 states, But without faith it is impossible to please please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He is a rewarder. So you see that after speaking to all the seven churches, he mentioned the reward that is due to them. Because he is a rewarder. So my brothers and sisters, fathers, mothers, it is not in vain. He reward. Yes, he reward. But he reward for your works. When you read Revelation again, because today we are looking at the last word, Revelation 22 verse 12, it says, I come quickly and my reward is with me. So Christ rewards. And that he wouldn't mention it. He rewards. On here and eternity. Read it for me, please. Revelation 22, 7. Mm-hmm. Behold, I come quickly. 22, 12. 22, 12. Mm-hmm. State, and behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me to give every man according, according as his work shall be. Amen. If your, your version is wrong. He didn't say that. He said, I give to every man according to his confession. His works. <laughs> no, no. Then we have to put it on the picture. I say, I give to uh, every man according to his beliefs. No, it is. I give to every man according to his beliefs. Ah, <laughs> let me find out something. Is it according oh, he said, oh, I give to every man Oh, according to how long he's been a Christian? No. According to his works. So without works, no reward. That's it. Without works, no reward. And this is the last words of our master. So Christianity is not cheap. Blessings, rewards are not coincidence. Things just don't happen. It is real. It is real. It is real. Many people think it's an easy option out. It is not. I'm sorry. Sometimes when you hear that someone has got a miracle, people think it just happened. You don't know what it took. But I say, I come with my reward and I give to everyone according to what? His works. So when I watch you and I go about my way the way you, I don't know what you do behind the scene. I might lose. Amen. Today I send the broadcast I send. He said, anyone who leave mother, father, house, wherever, to me, shall receive what? A hundredfold on this earth. Did we read it? And on, we won't read it here today. He said, shall receive a hundredfold here and in the life to come. So he rewards here and also in heaven. But remember, he didn't say he would give every Christian that reward. He said he will reward them according to that which they have lost or done. Because to lose something, you have to do something. Or not to do something, to lose something. No movement. Praise the Lord Jesus. Please, uh, do you understand? See, 
I'm sharing this because the church is real. And I want us to prosper as Christians. And this are the three summary. If you are able to master this, have a repentative heart. Whenever I realize that, oh, all along this thing was against the word of God. We don't make any, we just change our minds. And we understand that anything we do as Christians, as members of the church, has its implication, its rewards. It makes it easy. Rafi, come and sit here. It makes it what? Easy. Isn't it? But you will be rewarded. Read the scripture I sent you this morning for me. The scripture I sent you this morning. This morning I sent all of you scriptures. The scriptures I sent you to. Mark 10, 29, 30. Uh Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or Mm -hmm. children or failed for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in the present age. Mm -hmm. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and failed, Mm -hmm. along with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. Amen. He said, anyone who will lose anything for his sake and the sake of the gospel, not for the sake of your marriage, not for the sake of your children, not for the sake of your career, but for his sake and the gospel's sake, you will not fail but receive a hundredfold on this earth and also in eternity. So he is a rewarder. Amen. And I want to see us rewarded. Oh, yes. One time I was at Jesus the Answer campaign, and a very young boy, like 21 years, was speaking to me and said, if I become a Christian, what will I get? I said, salvation. And guess what he said to me? He said, Christianity are for poor people. <laughs> and he said, can you tell me that you are rich? I said, yes, I'm rich. He said, what, what material possession do you have? I said, for now, I don't have any material possession. But I have a lot of things. But very soon, I will have material possession. You see, I'm waiting for me to meet that boy again. And God will show him that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I'm not a fool. I believe him. I trust him. It is real. You see? But enemy, Satan doesn't want me to think like that. Except I haven't lost anything for him. He said, that's what he said to me. You see? And I met someone also, and he said, now pastors are rich. So when we are rich, they talk. When we are poor, too, they talk. <laughs> what should we become? May the name of Jesus be glorified. God will reward you. God will reward you. So church, a summary of... We know that you were blessed by this message and we look forward to share God's word with you again. For more information, call our office on 0755-215-2566. Once again, thank you for joining us today.